Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm your host this week, Adam Barkevich. Before I get into who's joining me today, we have a bit of housekeeping. You can find us on all the socials at underscore the big picture. With me today, we have last week's big picture, and for the first time ever, joint holder of the title of People and Podcast Champion, Stuart Fitzgerald. Stuart, how are you doing today? I feel good. I feel really good, Adam. How are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm humble good. now. I'm humble and I'm polite. Yeah. As, as a winner of both <laughs> the Big Picture Championship and the People's. So, Satisfied. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I am. It's excellent. And we also have, for the first time, a joint People's Champion on, if anyone's been following us on Twitter, please, as I say, I just linked the social, I'll say it again, at underscore the big picture, you could have seen this happening, this playing out. We've got the joint People's Champion sharing the title with Stuart is Jack Graham. How do you feel about the shared title, Jack? Two weeks in a row, baby. First ever tag champs. What, what? Jack's breaking boundaries left, right and centre. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got last week's host, Reese Cook. Reese, how are you? You ready to finally get a win? No, I'm not, to be honest. I'm not very confident. But uh, I want to take my vote back. I voted for Jack last week in the, on the Twitter poll, so can I take that back just to get rid of that horrible intro? Uh, well, c- <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Come on, me and Stuart are friends. You don't want to rip that apart from us. I'm sorry, I'll keep my vote in. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Last but not least, it's the Islander of North Descent, Lewis Jameson. How are you, Lewis? I'm good. You know, abysmal performance last time. One vote in. It was, it was, it was myself. I, I voted for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were our first proper big picture champion and you get to hold the title again. You think you're going to come back stronger this week? You know, one of my favourite athletes, George St. Pierre, lost the belt, came back and beat everybody that beat him. So, you know what? That's that's my goal, to emulate elite athletes, apparently. Sounds good. And today on the podcast, we're talking about mass play multiplayer online role-playing games, or MMO RPG for short. For even shorter MMO, that's what I'll be calling most of the time. And that was requested by one of our fans, Chris Donald. Thanks for suggesting, Chris. We Feel free to, as I say, on Twitter... Instagram, send us your suggestions and we'll get around to doing them. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, MORPGs are multiplayer games that are unique because they have a persistent world which changes and evolves even when the player isn't there. They normally have a huge player base and they're very popular. And I'd say my first experience of playing a, an MO was World of Warcraft. I think for the same for a lot of people. Um, I played with my brother Stefan when we were younger, but I wasn't that good at it. I never really put a lot of time into it because these are games that do require a big investment uh, and I stopped playing. Stuart, I want to bring you in here. What was your first MMO experience? I don't really, I don't have much experience with MMOs personally. Like you said, World of Warcraft was the big, it was obviously the biggest MMO maybe ever, but at the time it was certainly huge. Um, a lot of my friends at school, they would play World of Warcraft and uh, I, tr- I, did, I tried to get into it, but I never could. Uh, the first time I played it, was at a friend's house, um, I think it was his birthday, and he kept sitting me down. Like, he kept taking me away from the party and sitting me down and trying to get me into it. But it just it just never clicked for me. So, you know, other than that, I only really have two experiences with WoW. One was uh, the South Park episode, which is, like, one of the best <laughs> ones they've ever done. So, you know, that's probably the biggest experience I have. But another one, it was probably about five or six years ago um me and uh, my pal different pal we were going out drinking so i went into his uh, to meet him it's a good start he, for any story exactly you know drink was involved um so i went to meet him at his but he was in the middle of playing wow he was like in the middle of a raid and he was very adamant that it wouldn't take 
too long, and then we could go out. So I'm sitting in his room, I'm waiting for him, and then he goes, right, and he leaves to go to the bathroom, so I'm thinking, oh, he's finished, but he's left his PC on with while still running, so I figure, oh, I'll, I'll maybe give it another wee try before we go. So I'm mucking around with his character, and there's all these other characters doing, I don't know, wow stuff, and they're all in front of this big open gate, so I move into it, and then all of a sudden the gates close, and then all this stuff starts happening at once, like the swirling lights and stuff, and the, the little team chat on the screen is going nuts. All these comments and messages are going, it's going crazy. At that point, my friend came back from the toilet, and he immediately was like, what the hell are you doing? But like in a jokey way. When he, he must have seemed like when I was at his PC, but as soon as he got up to the monitor, his tone immediately flipped, and he actually shouts at me like, "What the hell have you done?" Like, well, he didn't like, say it exactly as polite <laughs> as that. Um, but what I had done, unbeknownst to me, was I'd actually started the raids with his character, and it turns out that nobody was ready for it. None of his team were ready. They were all, and he was all getting dogs abuse from his team and team chat, and he's shoving me out of his chair to try and fix it. So, of course, I'm laughing my ass off because I'm, I've never seen him like this. And it's like, wow, this is over wow. So he spends ages having to do this raid and they all fail. Like, they, none of them win. And he, so, of course, he blames me. And I'm like, well, you know, it's really your team's fault, you know, for not being ready. Like, you know, you don't see the Avengers rocking up to Thanos' house with their shoelaces untied. You know what I mean? Um, but they failed. And he, I, he got all this abuse in the chat and then we left to go drinking. And he bloody moaned about it all night. Uh, so that's why I don't play well. <laughs> it's Stuart, the original Leroy Jenkins. That's all right. <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> so you ruined your friend game, and I do. I respect that, Stuart. I do, and I can understand why you've never gone back to WoW. I feel like myself. I've played a few MMOs over the years, and recently there's a couple of console ones I've got into. Jack, have you recently found yourself playing any MMOs? Nope. <laughs> right, next, we're moving on. <laughs> it's, it's it's something that I'd I'd maybe I'd maybe argue. Obviously, we we have a chat that's quite a, we we talk about a lot about like different kind of Xbox games and and whatnot that comes out. And I always kind of forward probably maybe most MMORPGs, i.e., probably two about one the ones that I'd want to play, which is like Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout seventy six. And you never, we never get round to playing it. But I think because one, it, the games are just awful. They're just they're not, they're just not good at all because they're so buggy to begin with. And two, I feel that MMORPGs have some sort of bad connotation to them now that they're going to be an awful game in the first place. That you've got no trust in an MMORPG, especially being a console version. It's maybe some PC of actually working well. That is an interesting point about the the trade off for the the gameplay because you're right the mass majority of MMOs are you know the it's not so strong to say turn based but you know it's almost point and click you just you know press it but I suppose technically in most games you just press buttons and hope something happens but it feels less interactive. Uh, Lewis, is that something that's kept you away from playing more RPGs or is it something that interests you? Uh, no, I think it's kind of the same as Jack. There is a a very glaring problem when porting an MMORPG onto a console, particularly with like the inputs as in like a keyboard where you have almost an endless ability of inputs where a console you're pretty limited. I mean on console I've played a few MMORPGs and all of my complaints surround the same sort of things, whether it be a controls or what my pitch will be later on down the down the episode. 
Yeah. And the kind of elephant in the room here is that we're doing a podcast about MMORPGs and the the vast majority of them are on PC. There's you say there's not a many console MMOs. Reese, I'm gonna ask you to save us here. You're gonna come in and say you've played a lot of MMOs? Um no. No, no, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Um the, my experience with MMORPGs is very limited actually. I've played I think I've I played World of Warcraft when it came out well not when it came out, when I was younger. Uh didn't enjoy it. Uh didn't understand what I was doing. Played a bit of Elder Scrolls, thought it was buggy, didn't really go back to it. The only real experience of RPGs that I've enjoyed is uh, Grand Theft Auto. GTA 5 is a class game. It's technically not an MMORPG because the player base uh, in the servers is too small. But in terms of an RPG, you you can't really go wrong with it. It's a class game and you know, it's just everyone enjoys it. I don't really know anyone that's played it that doesn't enjoy it. So I think for people who actually play RPGs and put their time into it, um, because you do have to put a lot of time into RPGs, it's not like a kind of game you can just hop on just mess about and there is actually a lot of time and effort that has to go into them so if you you've got the time and the effort to play them they are always or so i've heard from people that play them the most enjoyable games i just i don't have that mm. kind of time i'm not a pc gamer yeah that's an interesting point you talk about the the fan base on gta and obviously you're right it's, that's something that does have a, a loyal fan base and as most mmos do you find that there's like forums that are hundreds of thousands of pages long, millions of members all discussing different elements to the, the minute detail. Uh, Stuart, what, what do you think is about MOs that gets the fans coming back? I think it's the investment. Um, because I haven't played a lot of WoW, but I did. I have played two other MMOs, and they're, they're both Star Wars based. One was the Old Republic, which of course is like, you know, it's the, mo- the well-known one. Game. And it was, it, it was pretty much the same as WoW because uh, you, you had it was cool and it was star wars uh, which i liked about it but it was pretty much the same in terms of all these quests and classes but the other one i, I played actually years before the old republic and i don't know if anyone remember this um it was called star wars oh, galaxies galaxies yes. there we go there we go and see right as you can tell from our immediate upbeat enthusiasm this game was great all right yeah. i'd play this on my friend's computer and it was amazing like it was all really centered and this is what i think separated it from other MMOs. I feel like with WoW, a lot of it was based on your own narrative. Like um, you'd be kind of pressed into following quest lines. Whereas Star Wars Galaxy, at least what I always remember, was it was really centered about exploration, and it was almost like you were living your life in the Star Wars universe. It was so cool because I I used to fly about on my speeder and go collect bounties because I was a bounty hunter, of course. But I mean, there was all these different things you could do. I mean. You could even be for like Jack and Reese that won't know this. You could even be a singer in like the, a cantina band yeah. in Star Wars Galaxy. <laughs> you could you could do anything. Um, so I, honestly, I think that was what I liked most about that aspect of the of what MMOs could bring to the table. It was it was so chill. It was laid and back. Game karaoke. And then game karaoke. <laughs> there you go. Um, I know Jack. You were invited for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm downloading my PC right now. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Better Robbie Williams. Of course. Oh no. <laughs> I think that was uh, I think if I'm right, Star Wars Galaxies was uh its servers were shut down yep. two years ago now. But I'm yeah, they, but they they have been Let's shut bring down, it back. That's what this the... podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back. 
Vegas, it's funny you say that, Jack, because there's fans that have actually brought the servers back um, because there's such oh, a yeah. demand for it. There's, um, it was a genuine event when they shut it down. It People was. were really upset about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this would have been, what, five years ago? Like it, oh, like, no, Gal- longer Galaxies. than that. Gal- oh, I remember playing Galaxy when I was nine, ten years old, man. Like It's a 15, 20-year-old game, and it was it really upset a lot of people when they shut it down because it was like one of the last really good surviving MMORPGs. Yeah, I think I actually I agree with a lot of Stuart said. I think the detail that it went into for the Star Wars universe was just unheard of in a video game at the time. Mm-hmm. Of of like things I, I seem to remember. Obviously, you have got the the moisture converters that like you know we all, we've seen them in the background in so many games and films. Obviously, on Tatooine. Um, and I seem to remember that you could interact with it, but that was a, that was the thing. You could trade the moisture when you're on Tatooine. It was something you did. It, like that level of detail for me, that was that definitely made the world so immersive. And I, I think I agree with you. It's actually you kind of touched on it there, Stuart, and that there's two types of MMOs, and theme park and sandbox. And you're right, World of Warcraft is a is a theme park MMO. It's got this world around you, but there's very little you can do to change the world, and it's all. You could so no matter what you do, you can do this. You can do the question, kill the dragon. That's that's a terrorize in a town, but then you move on, and that dragon just respawns, and then the next person there does the quest. And sometimes the person's doing the quest at the same time as you're fighting a different dragon. It's it's very restricted, and the other type of MMO, which I think is definitely when it's done right, I think has got a lot more scope, is a sandbox, and this which is that the world is almost entirely like shaped by the players. And the most popular one is EVE Online. I, I believe that's still mm-hmm. going. That was definitely the most popular one at the time. They had whole events and faction civilizations springing up just from the player base that was there. They were creating and popularizing these worlds that existed. There was conflict that went on. Jack, do you think a sandbox MMO, do you think that's something that should be done more these days? Do you think that the idea of that, do you think that interests you more than a, a theme park? Um, yeah, I think so because the 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 theme park element is is maybe something to do with kind of tides in what my pitch will be later on. I like the idea that like it is this massive multiplayer online game world, so to speak. So why shouldn't the decisions of other players in that server that you're in affect your game as well if you're sharing it together? Like as I know that a lot have spoke about their experience of like World of Warcraft. And what no, I've I've never played it. I, I saw my friends have played it and they've absolutely loved it. My only real experience, as Stuart said, is either just watching my pals play it or that South Park episode. But probably the one that maybe I've I've played most is RuneScape. Was like there it is. Back in the day. Wait for <laughs> somebody <laughs> to mention that. That is a class game that everybody played at one point in their life. I wanted to was... say it, but I thought it would be too much of a weeb if I did say it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Because you get it on your it's crazy. I think the yeah, thing with RuneScape was that uh, you didn't need to pay for that. You could just make your free account, and you can just go on. You can just play. Whereas like World of Warcraft, it was something that like not that I was overly like interested in playing it. It was that my friends were playing it, and I wanted to play it with them. But as a kind of young kid, and like I imagine a lot of parents are always kind of weary about putting like their credit card online and whatnot to like pay for these services. You never, really, I never got the chance to do that. And play World of Warcraft, so RuneScape was that kind of escape to play that, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I played a bit of RuneScape, so I never got into it as much as everyone in school did. But as again, something you've mentioned there, 
is the subscription service and the fact that you had to pay almost for the the people to maintain the world to keep updating it and we actually kind of touched on this well in the microtransaction episode reese uh you touched on it when you said about they have to games are more expensive now obviously and you had to you the things like battle passes downloadable content they help the developers add more content to the game in other ways and keep the game running do you think that's some do you think almost that this uh, subscriptions there. I think I kind of inspired almost if you want them, the kind of microtransactions uh, and the way games are done now. Oh gosh, are we going back to microtransactions? That, that was a tough <laughs> day. Do I think I inspired it? Uh, yes, a, a wee bit. I do feel like with MMR, MMORPGs is that you kind of need to put a bit of money into it because for an MMORPG to be good, there needs to be constant updates. And the game has to be really quite involved with the community. So to get that, you do kind of have to put in a lot of money, time and effort, like I said earlier on. And I think other games, um, namely by, well, I'm not going to name any companies because I want to spoil a potential brand deal, guys. So, you know. Great challenges. Where are we going to get sponsored by them? Everyone else seems to be getting sponsored. Well, I mean, I've been on the phone. I've been having some conversations <laughs> with them, so uh, hopefully something soon. Well, we're six episodes in, four episodes in. I don't know, but we should be getting that sponsor sometime soon from Raid Shadow Legends. Anyway, what was my point? Don't know. Um, I think you do need to. <laughs> I think you do need to put money uh, into these games, and I do think that you're right maybe it didn't inspire it but i think realistically what you're looking at is other games that you don't really need to put money into because there's not a lot of updates there's just going to be a new version of it next year i'm hinting at a game here but i'm not saying it like fifa <laughs> <And> <laughs> you, you don't need to put the money into that but they've they've seen that people will put money into games like rpgs and uh, they've they've taken advantage of that that's my synopsis of that just before we go on to the pitches... Adam, do you mind if I actually piggyback off that for a second? Yeah, okay, yeah. Because the one thing I think go is ahead. quite important with um, console MMORPGs, this particular generation, it has been the free-to-play model. Um, I've played a few on consoles since the PS4 and Xbox One launch, and the first one I remember was Warframe. I don't know if you guys have played that. Yeah, that was a free. It was a free game. So back when yeah. I was uh, it's... not spending money on games, I got it. I <laughs> it was a f- you basically play as like some sort of like futuristic ninja, essentially taking on like enemies, bosses, usual weapon progression, traditional MMORPG stuff. But when that game first launched onto the PS4, it was quite a shallow experience. But even now, it's like still top sixty in Twitch games. Like it's got a really big fan base, and I think because of that free to play model, players are dipping in and out occasionally buying this pack, occasionally buying a cosmetic that's continued to support it. And another one in the same vein would be um, DC Universe Online, which is probably the one yes. I've played the most of. Um, yeah, I've played that too. Which has added quite a lot of stuff. Like, when it first dropped again, I think it was on PC, it got poured over to this generation of consoles, you had a very basic like character build-up setup, as in you could pick your superpowers, your, whether you had gadgets, whether you used fire, ice, etc., etc., but slowly as like even the superhero universe has expanded with current generation movies like marvel they've added other ones in like you can now add a weapon which is a shield in dc universe online i wonder who that's mimicking you can add in like they added the green lantern superpower which is all dlc so if you feel like you want actually i want to be like a green lantern you pay six pound for a game that's free 
it's hard not to justify that to yourself and that supports these games continually that's why even now you can go into warframe in dc and have a totally different experience today than you did six years ago yeah so, actually I, I, yeah i'd forgotten uh, about dc universal online but i actually remember when that came out on pc and it was actually ps3 it was launched on as well it was originally launched that's the true interface I on it yeah. uh, was obviously designed to be used on a console as well it was kind of the, it was maybe the first big mmo that was designed to be used on console i actually remember i wanted a playstation because i thought it would look so cool and I, i've always been xbox and i was trying to get my mum to get me a ps3 as well it sadly didn't happen uh or maybe for the best because i think the ps3 version at the time wasn't great um no, and definitely it more support i think that's yeah. when when they boosted up to the next console because they had a bit more horsepower it definitely ran a bit smoother because i remember jumping on a playstation i think a friend had it and it was quite like you know, when you have an under underpowered PC and the frame rate dips and you glitch around and stuff like that, I think they had some issues with it there. That and the controls. Oh, God, the controls. <laughs> yeah, well, before we get on to the uh, pitches, I just one more thing I mentioned is that there was a recent big franchise that moved into making their game an MMO, and we're, we're not going to go into this too much. I think it's enough content for an episode in itself. But uh, Fallout 76, Stuart. Do you want to take us a, a bit through that? I mean, I don't really classify Fallout 76 as a game, let alone, you know, an MMO. Hot garbage. Just, Hot garbage. Pretty much, yeah. I wouldn't, oh, no daughter of mine would ever marry anybody that played Fallout 76. I feel like, now, don't get me wrong, all right? I feel like, I feel like Fallout is a, is a prime example of a universe that actually deserves a really good MMO. It's such a interesting concept, and Bethesda, I mean, for all the hate Bethesda gets, quite rightfully so, for a lot of the practices and what they've done to Fallout 76, they are the ones that kind of transported Fallout into, I mean, with Fallout 3, they pushed, they elevated it, because there was nothing wrong with Fallout before, but it just wasn't what they did to it. So, like I said, it's a prime, it's prime real estate, for a big MMO, but I mean, oh, they they just really just did not put their effort into it all. They, in usual Bethesda fashion, they saw they saw their dollar signs in their eyes and they just <laughs> saw a, a quick buck. And I don't know how it happened, but it did. And you know, you just it seemed like every week from its release there was something wrong with Fallout seventy six. And like you said, there's enough there's enough content to cover its whole episode. But I feel like. They've, they've ruined the chance of it. I feel like they have just completely soiled whatever concept they could put into Fallout 76 because I'm sure, you know, if, if somebody mentioned to me, oh, Fallout 76 is, I'd just completely blank them because I'd be like, no. I know that they've got <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online and, you know, I've never played it myself because I've never actually played an Elder Scrolls game. No, but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I was always a big Fallout fan and yeah they've just completely tainted anything and i don't think anything good can come out of that game i think okay. yeah, kind of the, the thing as well is like uh, elder scrolls online like the most recent update that's been added with the game and fallout 76 which i think is like wastelanders is called you can get both of that on xbox game pass now and it's actually done nothing to the player base whatsoever yeah i put yeah, i got it went to the game pass i downloaded it i played about five minutes and it just ran like crap, and I was like, I can't, like, if, if I'm already getting frustrated in five minutes, there's no way I can stomach any longer, and I installed it 
promptly afterwards. It's free, the, and I still didn't want to play it. The worst thing about Fallout 76 was they had they made a huge song and dance of we've added NPCs, and I was like, you know, it's Fallout. NPCs was all they had. Like that was, <laughs> that, was, that was that was a huge big thing of how well written the NPCs are, and like you're like, oh hey, you know that thing that's been in all of our games. We've just added that, and you look at the calendar, and the game's been out six months, and you're like, "How could this yeah. have possibly? How could they thought that was a good idea?" I think originally what they had was like, "Oh, sorry." I think originally what they had was like, when you were doing the kind of the storyline quest in the Fallout seventy six game, it was like you 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 came out the vault and you did your thing, and then you found a note somewhere, then it took you to someplace else, then there was another note there, and then that took you to someplace else. It's the nuclear fallout. Like, how can all these notes have lived? All right, how could they? How could they survive? Like, people yeah, notes have stones and life as well. <laughs> I've got That's... a great idea, guys. How about we we make a second channel and we just play the games that we hate on in these episodes? Oh, no. Sure, I can play Fallout seventy six. I'll play FIFA Ultimate Team. It'll be great. <laughs> Listen, I'm already playing a game that I hate. It's called Rocket League, right? I play it every day. I don't need to oh. add to that pile. <laughs> I would have <laughs> call. Wait, how would I do that? Yeah, I guys, uh, if, if you like that idea and you're listening to this, uh, if you just go into the description, you see a number there. Phone that and then <laughs> register your interest. Uh, it's uh, Reese's house number. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Right, I think we've talked about MMOs enough. We've covered them from all angles. So we're going to get into some of the big pitches. How about we start with last week's big picture? Stuart, what's your big pitch? Sorry, let me just bask in that. It never gets old. <laughs> just, just hearing. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like we've said, I feel like a big problem with MMOs, um, certainly Reese kind of touched on about this with uh, GTA Online, is that once you're in, that's you. You're in. It takes over your whole life, like for however long that you play it. I remember, like, this is out way back in secondary school, but I remember people actually failing classes at school because of World of Warcraft. One of the teachers, uh, one of my physics teacher, he had a son at, at the school, and he'd actually go on about how he'd take his PC away from him during exam time because it was such an obsession. And like, I just don't have the time for that. And I feel like it. I feel like it doesn't wrap up. It gives you a zero sum of gameplay. Like you know, I've I've played this game for X amount of time, but then that was it. I just played it and then stopped. Um, so I'm not saying I play thing. I like I won't play things to death because I have and I'll continue to do so. But I don't want what I play to become a chore. So my big pitch is kind of centered around that. So first of all, I'm I'm pitching a a brand new game. Like it's it's not just a concept. It is a game, uh, which will be a Game of Thrones MMO. No, uh, again, those... you... Oh, my God. Hey, someone free up the next 10 minutes because Stuart's going to be talking. Two-hour episode I'll... incoming. Here we go. I'll be quick this time. I'll be quick. And hey, 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 Reese. I won last oh, it... week. So people love to hear my voice talking about things. So I think you... I think that's what I'm... If it ain't broke... You yes. and Jack are, vote, are only winning because you message people and ask them to vote. I'm out of this right now. I'm not having it. How can I? I've got no friends. Does it mean that I should be losing? The the podcast account has more followers than I have, like in total. <laughs> so like, how can that work? But uh, anyway, conspiracy. Um, so, well, that could be a big pitch. The big pitch of conspiracy. We'll just we'll we'll delve into that when we're big and famous enough to have Scientology roots. 
But um, for those like game, yeah, it's a Game of Thrones MMO. And for those that don't know the books of the show, I'll, it's basically medieval fantasy, but it's not as like magical as Elder Scrolls or Lord of the Rings. So my MMO, it'll kind of be the usual affair. You'll have your classes and you'll have your factions, which will be like the houses of Game of Thrones or the families, and you can join them and pledge allegiance to them and help them grow and become bigger factions, or you can betray them, etc. So you can fight for them if you wish and rank up through their houses to one day hopefully form your own house. Or you can join other organisations that the Game of Thrones universe has, like the Faceless Men, etc. But like I said, the problem I have with MMOs is I feel like they go on and on for years and years, and to me there's no point in that, or there's no closure in it. So in the Game of Thrones universe, there's basically there's basically ice zombies, for those that don't know. They're called the White Walkers, and they are the main big threat of the entire realm. Uh, and their plan, which is called the Long Night, is to wipe out everyone, everyone like in the in the planet. So in my game, once every so often, there will be this long night event where the dead will come and they will try to take over everything. And you can, if your character dies, if you if you opt into this, you can, obviously when this long night event happens, you can still fight for your house and you can team up to take them down or use it to your advantage to get more influence and land. But if your character is killed by these white walkers, as they're called, you can have a choice. You can either continue playing as what happens in WoW, where you go back to the graveyard, I think, or you can join the White Walkers and join their crusade against every other player. And I think that brings a kind of finality to your playstyle where you don't just abandon your character once you've had enough. Like it gives your time playing more meaning. Um, so it kind of gives your an epilogue almost to your character. So that's my pitch. That sounds interesting. I, I like the sound of that. Just, um, it's almost. From what you said, it kind of uh, reminds me a bit of a uh, mountain blade. To which I've played that, just to structure your game in terms of like the houses and building up and potentially building your own house. Although that's not an MMO, uh, and it's a lot more linear than what you suggested. I, I, I really like that idea, Stuart. I've got it noted down. Lewis. I think it's that's like, Game of Thrones, oh, not Golden Balls. Oh, okay. All right, that is Game of Thrones, <laughs> not Golden Balls. I was just going to say, like. You know, uh, GTA 5 story mode where I quite like the fact that you know, you know, spoiler alert uh, if you've not played it or if you've not played it you're probably not going to um, you can like kill off one of the characters at the end so it actually gives a bit of meaning and a bit of closure to it so I quite like that aspect where um, the things you do actually have an uh, effect in the game so I quite like that part of it Stuart. Thank you. There's one thing I quite like about some writers are doing these days is actually bringing finality to characters and storylines instead of just wa- uh, trying to continue the story a la Walking Dead like there's an actual end and an actual purpose towards it so it's good that somebody else is taking that on uh, Lewis, do you want to take it into your big pitch? Uh, my big pitch uh, I'm not pitching a new game this is going to be more in lines with uh, trying to resolve current issues that plague your general uh, MMORPG I would love to fix a lot of things, but my two main problems, which came up with in DC Universe Online, the Elder Scrolls as well as a few others, is the controls and quest design. And then honestly, I don't think the controls can really be fixed if you're playing on console, just because of the sheer amount of inputs available between the two. A controller just can't compete, and while you can plug in mouse and keyboard on consoles, it's a very small minority of people that can. I mean, I remember on DC, to get access to your power wheel, you had to hold one of the shoulder buttons to access the other half of the power wheel you had to hold both of them and then to get your special ability you had to hold both of them and then push another button you had to stop what you were doing took you out of it figure it out and then play it 
that needs to get fixed. But to be honest, I'm not quite sure a lot of that can get done. But questing has always been the most frustrating, generic, and lackluster thing that takes away from the experience for me. It's usually step one, get quest from a character. Step two, fight to location. Step three, fight through said location. Step four, beat the mini boss. Step five, open the crate. Step six, return to quest giver. Rinse, repeat, take on region boss, move on to re region, woohoo, game beat. Like, it's redundant and repetitive and it can't really hold your attention. I would like for a developer to bring a bit of variety and complexity to these things. I would like puzzles to solve. I would like complex and difficult, diverse enemies that aren't just, you know, shoot them all out until they die. I want environmental threats that aren't just random drones that take damage. I want a bit of platforming. Various tasks, other than fighting an item finding but try and make them a bit more engaging. Even things like investigating or crime solving, just to get a little bit of variety. But to be fair, this is dependent on the world that it's set in. Like, you're not going to be, you know, using a scanner to find a satellite that's trying to destroy the world in Game of Thrones RPG. But you might do it in some spy thriller RPG. But the... I like the concept of MMOs, being able to link up with your friends, but I'd like that social aspect combined with a more diverse, engaging quest and challenge, with a bit more intuitive controls. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. I like that. It's almost um, reminds me of... See, what I find interesting is that with Fallout 76, we briefly touched on it, is that that has... It's Fallout's known for having good quests, a good variety of quests. Uh, and things to do and then it managed to just give you all standard MMO things and I thought that was such a waste of opportunity and I, I'm kind of glad that you addressed that and that's something you'd want that's, that's something I agree with actually that I if, want if ever in. a world was going to do it it would have been Bethesda like yeah. I, I, we've all had those experiences in Fallout whether it was Fallout 4, 3 or New Vegas where like you're just walking down the road and you just hear something like oh what was that and it's a whole new branch of question never thought of before like in fallout 4 i remember walking down the road and finding a child stuck in a fridge like i remember you don't remember <laughs> that i think <laughs> i do that. i think i do it's There's not indiana jones it. or... no wait no it's, i was gonna say is that not indiana yeah. jones You're yeah of... it's no it's, <laughs> a, it's a nod to that particular scene in case you don't know that scene indiana jones survives a nuclear explosion by hiding in a fridge anyway this particular scene, it's a, it's a ghoul boy. He turned into a ghoul and he just hid in the fridge for however long everything's been going on for. And this guy, it caught him. Like a, a raider caught him and tried to take him as like a child slave, I guess, as a ghoul. I was going to sell him off and you just stumble across this on the road. But when you play Fallout 76, as even Jack said, it's like, okay, so you're in the vault. Your overseer says, I've gone here to find out and start laying groundworks for a future world. You go that to that location. She's like, actually, this didn't really work out. I've now gone here. And you just do that until you've covered the main part of the map. And that's it done. Like, that's no one cares. There's not a reason to care. Give me some fun and engaging quests. Yeah. Jack, do you want to take us over your big pitch? Yes, and I will say, the way you started, Lewis, I had the absolute fear that you were going to suggest the same thing that I was going to do. <laughs> frantically scurrying about what to think of next, but thankfully, thankfully I didn't go down that route. That's okay. uh, a, lot, a lot of my experience with MMORPGs, as I said before, is a RuneScape, and when you played, at least the, the version that I played on my laptop browser back in the day, they always kind of had the town and the difficulty level of that town 
above it, so it might be like easy not being green. And if you walk about, you move to a forest, it might be hard, and your level might be affected with what you can go up against. Or there's like different aspects of a map that you can't go to because you're not a high enough level. My pitch would be removing all level restrictions from MMORPGs. Maybe it's because the 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 theme park idea of suggestions. Maybe that was not something a fan of. I think this can be more implemented into a kind of a sandbox because you should be allowed to in an MMORPG. It's just literally a world for you and your pals to explore and do stuff. You should have free reign how you go to level in your character or progress in your character in a certain way. If I want to go a bit just to explore. I should be able to do that. It shouldn't be locked off to me because I'm not a high enough level. Same with the, the AI might be a bit too high level as well. You don't really, sometimes you might even get a chance to run. You'll just have to go into that fight and you're more uncertain to lose. So because of that, the game actively encourages you to go and follow a certain path because that's where the game wants you to go to in order to do quest after quest after quest to get to that point. A role-playing game shouldn't have those kind of restrictions to say where you can and can't go. So for me remove level restrictions and you maybe will enjoy a bit better. Jack, I have a question for you. No, so, no. What if, what if, for example, you're about to go out drinking with your pal and you're about to go on a raid, <laughs> but then you need to go to the toilet and then your pal who doesn't know anything about these level restrictions decides to ha- take your character and go into the hardest part of the MMO and you get immediately obliterated unbeknownst to your pal. Tough tits. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Someone oh, asked that, your put, pal. Put that in the book. Put that in the box. And I like that's the, that's the recommendation. I think it's because it's the thing is like if you you shouldn't have bits locked off. It's, like, it's an MORPG. It's not obviously there is story elements to it, but that's not the whole purpose of the thing. It's about enjoying the experience for your your friends in that. And you should maybe have some sort of like warning that this might be like a high enough. You might not be able to like compete at this level. We should still be able to have the option to explore that if you want to. Just the idea of the narrative sending you a different way. So you have to do certain things first to go to a certain point. I don't like. So if that kind of level and restriction was removed in the MORPG, maybe it can be enjoyed more. I think EVE Online did that, or do that rather. And yeah. well, I mean, it's clearly worked for them and they're still going now. So clearly Jack well, would be onto something there. Uh, no word of a lie, I did not hear that game until it got brought up in this podcast. So, great <laughs> <laughs> that, that. I mean, we'll say that we'll try it. That's basically exposing a hole in your research. But we'll carry oh. on. You just want uh, a more open world, basically. You want an open world to be an open world. Is that pretty much? Ah, uh, globalization. I do like Jack's idea because uh, to bring it back again, this is quickly becoming a Fallout episode, but. In New Vegas, do you remember like how you, you can basically, when you start off in the town of Good Springs, you can basically, as the crow flies, go straight to New Vegas. But a character's like, hey, don't go that way. Don't go straight north because, like, you know, it's not good. Uh, basically, go south and, like, as the game progresses. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go north. And as soon as you do, you get immediately killed by, like, high-level Cazadors. And I was, it's, a, it's, it's a good experience because it was quite funny. I wasn't annoyed because I was like, oh, well, the game told me not to. But it gave me the option to do so. So like, I do, I do agree with Jack. I do like that element of like the the game should hold shouldn't hold the player's hand. It should suggest how you play. But at the end of the day, your playstyle is your playstyle, and you should play it however you want. Yeah, coming out of New Vegas, always go right at uh, Sunny Springs. Uh, never never go left because that's the death clause. Always remember uh, many bad experiences were had 
by a, a new character. Uh, right, well, Reese, do you want to wrap us up with your pitch? Yeah, well, I feel like I've been given a short straw last week because last week Lewis didn't even listen to Jack's pitch and he was the last guy, so I feel I'm already uh, in the red right. here. Again, okay, I'll pay conspiracy. attention. I'll pay attention. I promise. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> I'll vote for you if you vote for me. My one uh, actually kind of follows on from Jack's a bit because um, I do kind of like to just roll about the map sometimes. Like, sometimes I don't want to do the quest. I want to just like mince about with the boys, you know, just have, have a laugh. And like when I'm playing GTA, like just go, you know, kill someone, get the police on me, try and get as much stars on me as possible before I, before I die, like me and, me and the boys. What I don't like, though, is when you're just having fun with, with your mates and that, and you've just got the most toxic players in your lobby, and if you've played GTA, or really if you've played any MMO, you you've probably come across this, but you just get this one toxic guy in your lobby, and he just keeps killing you all the time for no reason, it just sucks the fun out of it. And I've I've seen that um, Call of Duty now they're doing instead of banning hackers they're putting ha- all the hackers into the same lobby. So I would like for my MMO RPG experience to be that all the toxic players the people that are just like go out to kill you because in GTA you do like have like a toxicity level it always goes up the more people you kill other people's property you destroy. So I would like those people all to be flung into servers on their own and I can just play it on a server with other people because it is funny when you get like another person that you, you don't know, they, they join join you and like start having fun with you and that as well. So other people, I'm a mate and we can all just be in this friendly server where we can do whatever we want and have the toxic people in their own servers and they can all just go and be toxic to each other. So my pitch big pitch is a server where it's just people of a similar toxicity level to you so it's people of a similar it doesn't need to be level in terms of ability but people of the same kind of uh, and i think in gta it's called mind state so and that's my pitch hmm. to be honest that's one of the biggest reasons why i stopped playing grand theft Auto. i really yeah, wanted to build like my businesses and stuff like that and like if i remember right with my particular game i've got like tens of millions worth of stuff that i could sell and do i just can't be bothered because every time i go in there's just some guy in like either a hydra jet or the delorean from back to the future that also shoots tracking missiles for some reason (laughs) a hovered bike that also shoots tracker missiles like i just it takes all the fun out of it like at least like with jack's idea if there's the reason I'm dying is because I'm taking on a higher level. That's fair enough because I'm going to get rewarded for it. But if I'm playing a game like GTA and I'm just getting killed because there's one guy that thinks it's funny and it's just really annoying, that's, that just kills the experience for me. Yeah, I agree. The problem is Rockstar cultivate that um, that toxicity like because as soon as you, like Lewis said, he's got all this stuff, he's got businesses and organisations to sell like products for the in-game economy. But as soon as you do that, a huge warning goes that basically everybody's phone lights up and saying, hey, Lewis is currently selling his product. Go and stop him. You will be rewarded for like antagonistic play. Yeah. And it's really... I, I don't get why that should ever be a thing. I remember when uh, Red Dead Online came out and it was pretty much the same. A lot of people were being really toxic and the amount of people on Twitter and the subreddit 
were basically begging Rockstar for what they deemed a role play server. So they were like, have the one server where everybody's being toxic and everyone's like, uh, Reese is saying, like, everyone can have their fun, all bets are off. But have another server for people that just want to be a cowboy, you know, like seeing the sites and doing their quests and everything. So I don't get why, if the fans are literally begging you for it, you don't act on it. Well, it's good that you brought that up, Stuart, because if all of the all of Reddit are saying it and all the fans are saying it, if I don't win this week, uh, <laughs> I can spend it. Speaking of who's going to win, please get your votes in right now. Send me a message on Facebook, preferably. While these messages are coming in, we'll have a little bit of chat. What about uh, licenses? We never really spoke about that. We touched on that, but there's obviously a lot of big licenses. Lord of the Rings has got on. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. It had an MMO. Star Wars has got to DC Universe Online. What kind of licenses would you like to see? Just a discussion. What's what's one license you want to see an MMO of? What's that? Can you go through everyone's pitch again? Because I, I just feel oh, like I might apologies. have forgotten. Stuart's was a Game of Thrones MMO. Lewis was about improving quest diversity and controls. Jack's was about making open world games more open world. And yours, okay. I just called it Toxic Server. Yeah, thanks. That sounds like I want to be in a Toxic Server. I don't want to be in a Toxic Server. <laughs> Not Toxic Servers. See, I think MMORPGs are set up to really take advantage of unique intellectual properties. And I, I won't make any qualms. Mass Effect is my favourite game series. And if I was ever to get given the opportunity to create my own MMORPG, it would be set during the Mass Effect world. Um, just because I think with the story they've got there, there's a lot you could build upon. And you'd actually be able to have diverse quests. That's, that's my biggest biggest pitch for that one. I think if yeah. I was going to have my own MMORPG, it'd be set in the world of 007 Nightfire or Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Can I roleplay as Oddjob's hat? <laughs> be whoever you want, Stuart. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, do you want to announce the winner? Are we ready? ready well, I, my, my idea was obviously Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. I, I think probably if I was pressing the issue, I, the issue I'd probably go I'd agree with Lewis. I think Mass Effect. I think what you want from a MMORPG is scale and options, and Mass mm. Effect has that in every Abundance. sense of the word. You've got different races, you've got different planets, you've got different classes. You, literally in the game, you can play as all these classes, and that's before you even get into the whole like vocations you could have. I mean, you could be a specter, you could be a junker, all these different things. So I'd agree with Lewis. Something. Morality as well. Yeah, morality exactly. I think Mass Effect. Well, why, why, Lewis? Why have they not made a, a Mass Effect anymore? <laughs> I that's don't. An, that's an I think that's. Itself. I think that's because of Andromeda, which I think might be an episode of itself as well. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. <laughs> what about Rayman? For you, Stuart, is uh, June. I think like that universe. We don't even know. Like going beyond planet Arrakis would make a great MMO. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, it's it's no Mass Effect. He's trying. It's no Mass. Yeah, it's no, it's no Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe Pretty following m- that's quite too. It's a bit hard. But I, yeah, I'd want to be part of the Atreides and that's it. Like, there's, I, you know, with Mass Effect, I could think of all these different options with these. Yeah, that's, I'd want to that's be. a good point. What about uh, an RPG in uh, No Man's Sky? <laughs> <laughs> No man's life. Oh, sorry. Quin- Wait, we can't, we can't yeah. 18 quintillion planets. 
think it was all supposed to be that, but they just never did it. No. I just I just don't want a No Man's Sky that bricks my console twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, well, the votes are in. And I have to say... Fingers crossed, yeah, boys. We have Lewis. Quest of Essential Controls, two votes. Reese, Toxic Server, two votes. We have another <laughs> tie. <laughs> yes! And as we know what happens on the podcast, we get a tie. You get 60 seconds to tell me why your idea is better. So let me just set a timer. I'll give you, you get, you get, give you a wee 20 seconds to think about it here. So I got what you want to say. And I'm going to give a wee minute timer on my phone. Prepare for this. Please and just then, remember, ranked wait. Fortnite. Okay, just run with that. Ranked <laughs> Fortnite, ranked Fortnite. Got golden balls, got it. <laughs> golden balls. <laughs> no, don't even stay with the cannon. <laughs> what about Fortnite planes? Right. Um... <laughs> 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 okay, uh, Reese will come to you first. Ah, You're the okay. challenger, first person mm. not to win. So I'll start your minute timer in five, four, three, two, one. Right, just want to start off by saying Lewis was loving my idea. So he knows deep down that my idea is the best idea. Right. Everyone in this call has played GTA 5 online and they've played Red Dead 2. So when you're playing these games and you've just messed about with the boys or you're trying to do the missions and you're just constantly getting killed, your experience, you know, if you're having a fun time, could be a few hours, four hours. Your experience when you're in those lobbies, off the game, sometimes just off the Xbox altogether. And if you're playing Red Dead 2 and someone kills your horse, just the field. The field. That's not even like you don't get angry, you just get sad. And I just don't want my gaming experience to be like that. I feel like a minute's a long time, but I feel like I've got my point across. No one kills my horse and gets away with it. I'm just sad after that. Adam, Adam, <laughs> before you start, before you start. Oh, um, I want to, I want to, I want to move my vote to Lewis after that because in GTA, <laughs> oh, no. in GTA, right? I, I do hate griefless because it's really bad in GTA but as you know in Red Dead there's nothing more fun than drowning someone after tying them oh, up we did we did <laughs> that's oh, one of the big well, things because I mean... you're, you're a cowboy you know what you're meant to be a bad guy that's, your, that's the kind of thing well, actually that's fine so you're a cowboy in Red Dead that's cowboys were just ranch hands now listen to me listen Jack that's fine, but you can choose to be on that server where people are doing that as opposed to ruining someone's gaming experience. Nah, that makes it fun. That's the only fun thing about Red Dead Online. Red Dead Online is not good. How'd I leave a call? Red Dead Online is Reese has been banned from the horse killing server. So, I mean, do I just win then? Is that it? That always works. I'm the winner. Are you being serious? No, no, I was just saying it for a joke. Of course I'm not being serious. Come on. Sure. Come on. Uh, Stop uh, trying to steal the win from me. The I'm people's champ. Here we go. Right. Lewis, your minute starts in five, four, three, two, one. We've all played our fair share of MMORPGs, and we always stop because there's always an issue where you get bored, frustrated, or annoyed by what you're doing. Not necessarily because of other players, but because it's repetitive and redundant. We play playing Fallout, you just do the same thing over and over again. Play all the scrolls, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
you're playing at DC Universe Online, it's all the same. I would like to bring a little bit of difference to that and actually make them fun and engaging. And no matter what world you set it in, if your quests are good, the game is good. It's gameplay that sets the standard for a game being good, not just the world building. If you want to take Stuart's Game of Thrones, if it doesn't have good questing in it, you're not going to play it. It needs to have good sound design and questing. That's it. Rebuttal. Lewis said that the reason he stopped playing GTA Online was because of the servers and not because of the lack of quests. I mean, GTA Online is not an MMORPG. And now he said that the reason he stops playing is because of the lack of good quests. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't just pick and choose, Lewis, right? You know, I think, I think <laughs> we're all in agree that I win here. I, I just think right, we're, tell me, we're just, formalities. <laughs> right, this is, a, this is yeah. actually a very tough one. It's a very tough one. On the one hand, Lewis, I love, I love the idea. I love the quest diversity. That is something that I've complained about a while, especially in the controls also. Reese, you know, I like your idea. It's simple, but there's nothing wrong with a simple idea. And also, you haven't won yet. You know, does that influence my decision? I tell you, pity man. Nobody wants a pity. Oh, I'll take the oh pity. wait, I'll wait. Take the pity. Why did you say those words, Adam? Jesus Christ! I was just about to announce that I was giving my vote to to Lewis. I've tempted to retract it. I feel like I've been saying it all episode. I would like to announce that the winner is Lewis's quest of S in control idea, as it's. I think the better pitch ever. Well played, everyone. Reese, unlucky. Reese, I'll be Close. honest. I, I voted for you. I did. I, I, I voted for you, Lewis. You have to vote for each other. <laughs> you can't vote for yourself. We could have voted for Stuart or Jack. No, but it's better for to be two, two each. And you can't vote for yourself. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> well, I voted for you, Lewis. Yeah, I voted for you. I regret but, it, but I voted for you. Well, Lewis, how does it feel? Mate, I, I told you, I was going to come back and redeem myself and take back my belt, and that's exactly what I just did. Okay, Reese, commiserations. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you taking it well. Next. I was just say, would no grace of defeat. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been picked on in this, these calls. I, feel, I just feel like the victim. <laughs> well, there's still the People's Championship that you could win. If yes, everyone doesn't vote sure. for me, don't expect me in the next <laughs> the next episode, I'll tell you. What is the next if episode? Li- if you're li- we're not decided. If you're listening <laughs> If you're listening and you're wondering what this people's championship we're talking about is, you can find us on Twitter at underscore the big picture and cast your vote there. The two will be going out at some point in the week so we can talk about that. Thanks everyone for being on. I'd like to thank the champion, Lewis. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I won this. This is my time to shine. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Thank you for hosting the show and having a brilliant episode with us. Thank you. I'd like to thank the runner-up, Reese. Uh, um, thank you. And I'd like to thank Stuart. Lost his title, but I'm sure he'll come back stronger. Hopefully. Hopefully. And also, last but not least, Jack, thanks for coming on. Are you glad Reese lost so now that he, you're not the only one left without a win? No, because I gave Reese the vote. I thought Reese was the better. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd have taken that in the stride, but I'm just kind of, I'm 
starting to see less and less the point in me being in this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, the feeling. Wait, Jack, I've got a great idea. You and I should start a podcast. I just yeah. burn this one. <laughs> we'll burn it to the ground and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take the ashes and we'll leave it in like a kind of podcast room just as a remembrance thing. In episode but, one, Jack and Reese describe how they were bullied behind the scenes in the Big Picture podcast. Episode 50, Jack and Reese still complain about how they were bullied <laughs> in the Big Picture podcast. <laughs> and well, the last the victims. goes to the listeners. Thank you for listening. And make sure to follow us on the socials at underscore the big picture. I've been your host, Anna Rakevich. Hope you join us next time. Goodbye.